We're continuing this week on a series that we started back at the beginning of January, fitting the pieces together, fitting the pieces together. And so far we've talked about uh, how we are all living stones being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices unto God. We talked about as our mission as Farm Hill Church is going to be to is, is going to uh, be in 2022 or continue on at the Lord Terry's knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Our focus is going to be on drawing closer to him, not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge, not just uh, an idea, but a relationship uh, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then we're going to turn that into some evangelism and we're going to begin to reach out and make Jesus known. Uh, in the in this church and in the community and on our jobs and all the things uh, that we do and we talked about last week how uh, one of the ways that we're going to live this out knowing Jesus and making Jesus known is is to be a place to be a house to be a building to be a church but also to be a temple individually where the presence of God is present where it is real. And I can tell you the testimonies that have been given this morning are evidence to me and should be evidence to you that the presence of God is already present, uh, amen, with us. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is healing. Where the presence of the Lord is, uh, there is life-changing uh, amen. Uh, activity that is going on. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is love and there is mercy and there is grace uh, amen, in Him. And so, amen, we're going to continue down this road. And this morning, amen, what I really want to talk about, amen, we talked about our mission. We talked about our vision uh, last week. And, 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 and I really want to, amen, continue on. This is really part of our vision, but I really want to call it our message. What is our message? What are we going to, to do? Who are we going to be? What is going to be the DNA of Farm Hill Church? And I believe it is this. We're going to be a church that says to every single person that we come across, come as you are and leave better than you came. Amen? Amen? Come as you are and leave better than you came. I believe, and I hope you believe, that Jesus meets us right where we're at. Amen. I believe he meets us right where we're at, but he loves us too much to leave us where we were. Amen. One of the ways we're going to fulfill this is by, amen, making, and by knowing Jesus and making Jesus known is by loving people where they are and introducing them to the one that can change their lives. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Mark chapter number 2. New Testament book of Mark, chapter number two. Dad handed me this um, before the service this morning. There's a there's a Bible here. It is New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs, and he is offering this up uh, to anybody that wants it today. Uh, and uh, or if you're here in the house of God and you say, "Well, I've got plenty of Bibles. I don't need one, but I know somebody who does." This is available, and so uh, I want you to come see us. I'm going to sit it right here. In fact, amen, if you want that Bible uh, or you know somebody that needs it, amen, you come to get it. In fact, you ain't got to wait till after church. If you want to come get it right now, just come on and get it. Amen. Mark chapter number 2, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 13. I can't get that song out of my head. I feel the fire. Hmm, Okay. Hallelujah. Mark chapter number 2, beginning at verse number 13. We're going to read down through verse number 17. 
Then he, Jesus, went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him. And he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Bow your heads and pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, in this moment, God, we turn this service over to you. I commit my life to you. I commit my mind to you. I commit my mouth to you this morning uh, in my heart, God, and let me only speak that which you would have me to speak this morning. God, hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ and let somebody see Jesus and the hope that he brings, God, in this message this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And somebody shouted, Amen. And amen, hallelujah. I want you to notice, amen, what happens here in this story, how Jesus calls Levi. And by the way, uh, we know Levi better as Matthew. I mean, he's Matthew the tax collector. And notice uh, what Jesus does here, amen. In fact, this is the way that he called uh, a lot of his other disciples as well, perhaps all of them, amen. But uh, we have some stories uh, of some of the other disciples. But he just simply walks by Matthew one day and says, follow me. See, Matthew was in the middle of a work day. He was doing his job as a tax collector. And for Matthew, it's probably just an ordinary day, just like any other day. I mean, it started out just completely normal. Going through his day, and all of a sudden, here is this man called Jesus, amen, that walks by, and he has an encounter, amen, with the creator of the universe who comes by and says, drop everything that you're doing right now and just follow me. Jesus was simply meeting Matthew right where he was at and calling him to be his disciple. Jesus didn't say, sorry, Matthew, or Levi, but you're a tax collector, and you're a sinner, so I, I can't stop and talk to you. He didn't say, hey, hey Matthew, I mean, here's uh, how to follow the rabbi for dummies. Why don't you take and read this book, uh, I mean, and once you've got all these principles down, then I'm going to come back and see where you are. I'll give you a test and see if you can pass the test. He didn't say, hey, Matthew, uh, I mean, would you stand up? Let me begin to, I mean, look you over. I mean, let me begin to say, no, we need to change this uh, in the way that you're dressing or this uh, in the way that you look. Let me hear you speak because uh, I'll need to change some things in the way that you're talking and the things that you're doing. Jesus didn't do that. He simply walked by a man who was a tax collector and a sinner, and he said, follow me. That is a powerful moment. Amen? In this man's life. A life-changing moment, amen, for Matthew, amen, in his heart, amen, is something, amen, that he had no idea that was coming. But Jesus simply says, I don't care about any of that stuff right now. He says, come as you are and follow me. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus came, amen, to call sinners to repentance. And this made the religious crowd angry. 
It made them mad. They got furious. They said, how in the world could Jesus share a meal with somebody like Matthew and his friends? Have you seen this guy? Do you know where he comes from? You know what kind of background he's got? You know what kind of things he's done? You know how he's cheating people as a tax collector and how he's taking money away from people and putting it in his own pockets? Scribes and the Pharisees said, how in the world could Jesus, the supposed Messiah, King of the Jews, eat with tax collectors and sinners? What does he do? Don't he, doesn't he know they're dirty? Doesn't he know they're filthy? Doesn't he know what they are and what they do? And Jesus flipped the script on their wrong thinking because Jesus said think about this just for a minute now there might be an exception but for the most part you and I are not going to go to the doctor unless there is something wrong and Jesus said those that are well don't have need of a physician and he said, uh, I have come, amen, to call sinners to repentance. In other words, he said, the whole reason why I came from heaven and left, uh, amen, the seat of the throne of God in heaven was to come down to earth for a man like Matthew and a man like Tony and a man like Kelly, amen, and a woman like Donna, amen, and some people that are in this house today, he came down from heaven and he said, I don't care where you came from or what you did or who somebody else says you are. Come as you are and follow me. Amen. Come as you are and follow me. You see... I want you to look at the end of verse 15. What it says about these so-called tax collectors and sinners. It says, They sat together with Jesus and His disciples, for there were many, and they followed Him. You see, the difference was, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were so blinded by their own self-righteousness that they could not see what the tax collectors and the sinners saw. Jesus, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Life Changer, the Sin Taker Aware, if that's a word. Amen. The tax collectors and sinners came to Christ because their hearts were open and receptive to His message. They recognized their need for His grace, His love, and His forgiveness. But the religious leaders were so self-righteous and hard-hearted, but they could not see their own need for redemption. They were so dependent upon their own ability to follow the law that they thought they were so good, and everybody else was so bad. And they didn't see how wretched and miserable and filthy, and as it says in the book of Revelation about one of the churches, they were miserable, blind, and naked. They were completely devoid of anything good in their lives. And they couldn't recognize it because they were too busy trying to figure out what the speck was in somebody else's eye instead of focusing on the two-by-four that was sticking out of their own eye. Amen? God forbid that we ever 
become a people or become a church that is so focused on somebody else's problems or somebody else's supposed uh, amen, sins or somebody else's amen, past or what has gone on in their life that we look past uh, amen, what is in our own eye and we start looking down our noses uh, at somebody else's life. What if Jesus would have looked at you and said, you're not good enough? What if Jesus, when you knelt down and, and began to pray to him, would have said, you're not clean enough? What if Jesus, uh, when you came to him in desperate need in your life, would have said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. You're too dirty. You're too sinful. You're too unclean. And I got nothing for you. We don't accept your kind in our circle. But ladies and gentlemen, how many times have we seen it? Have I seen it? Amen. Where we see somebody walk through the doors of the church and they don't fit the profile of a Christian that we think a Christian should be. How many times has the church, I won't throw you in this, how many times has the church of Jesus Christ refused to reach out to a drug addict? Refused to reach out to a murderer? Refuse to reach out to somebody who's, who we might think is below us because they've committed some sin that is supposedly greater than what we've done in our lives. So we're so good, we can't accept people like that. How many times when people have walked through the door, I mean, we, we have judged them by the length of their sleeves or the length of their hair or how much makeup they got on or how many pieces of jewelry they're wearing. And the whole time, Jesus is sitting on the throne of, his, of heaven, shaking his head in embarrassment of the church who is taking the same thing that the Pharisees did and they're loading up uh, these rules and regulations uh, on people's shoulders and heads and weighing them down and won't take one of their little fingers and flick one of them off, Jesus says. God forbid that we as a people of Christ forget where we came from. God, may you ever, God, I don't want to dwell on the past, but may you ever keep me in remembrance of the wretched sinner that I was. Keep in mind in me as I see the cross, uh, I see the redemption of Jesus Christ uh, who has changed uh, my life. that has so transformed me that now there is something when I pick up the Word of God, there's just a burning fire that is inside of my life that wants to know more about Him. God forbid 
that we ever become a church uh, who looks down the noses of our own self-righteousness and forgets uh, that God is a God of grace and mercy. That I don't care how dirty they are. I don't care how unclean they are. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what their past is. Uh, I don't care who their mama and their daddy was uh, and what they did. This shall be called a house of prayer. This shall be called a house of praise. This shall be called a house of preaching of the word of God and the truth of God's word. That Jesus did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. This is going to play. I don't care, y'all. Let me just get real for a moment. I'm going to quit. Amen. I'm just going to talk. I don't care how big their gauges are, Kelly. I don't care how many tattoos they got going on. I don't care if it's coming up their face and wrapping around the other side. I don't care what the haircut looks like. I don't care what they're wearing. Come on. I don't care what color shoes they got on. Or if they're wearing the same shoe on the same day. Or if they wear suspenders. I don't care how big or how little they are. There's I don't care. Listen, y'all, I'm fixing to be real. I don't care if they smoked a joint right before they walked in this place. Come on. Help me preach. I don't care how many lines of cocaine they did last night. I don't care how many bottles are in the trash can from last weekend. I don't care how many other churches have looked at them and said, you're not welcome here. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. And our message is going to be, brother, sister, young man, young lady, come on in. Come as you are and have a seat because we love you. And we care about you. And we care about where you're at in your life right now. And you walked in this building because you know you need something. And we know the one who can meet the need that you have in your life right now. Amen. And as we said, amen, we're going to get, I'm getting so far ahead of myself. I, I forgot about notes. I, I didn't need them, Kelly. Amen. You could have left the back book bag. Amen. Somewhere. You could have hid it from me this morning. It's all right. But I want to focus on this morning understanding Amen. We want people to understand and know you are welcome to come just as you are. You ain't got to figure out your life. Don't try to figure out your life and get it all together before you come to church. Because I don't know about you, but if we'll be honest with ourselves this morning, ain't none of us in here got it all together. Now, if you think you do, 
There will be an altar call at the end of the service and all liars are going to be invited to come to the altar. We ain't got it all figured out. We're a bunch of misfits sometimes. Sometimes I get things just so twisted up and messed up. I'm not perfect. I never will be on this side of heaven. But I'm trying to know Jesus and make him known in my life. And we invite you, whoever you are, to come join us on this journey of knowing Jesus and making him known. So I invite you, come as you are, because I guarantee you, if we are a place where the presence of God is present, they won't sit on that pew and stay the same way that they came. Amen? You can come as you are, but you're going to leave different than you came. Because Not because I'm preaching, and not because Brother Trey sang a song this morning, and not because uh, Brother Kelly hit the double drum uh, amen, in the run and got it all squared away and right uh, this morning. It's going to be because the King of Heaven, the King of Glory, Jesus Christ, uh, is in the house. I didn't even notice it until we were sitting here yesterday. I was sitting over there and I looked over. I didn't even realize it. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there with them. I'll be in the midst. What did I tell you? Was it last week, week before, whatever? Jesus said, I'll be in the midst. You know what that means? It ain't, it ain't just up there on the pulpit. That's why I don't stay there all the time. I want to get in the midst too. He's out here. Hey, man. He said, I will be in the midst of you. When Jesus gets in the midst of somebody's life, come on. (laughs) That line of cocaine won't look the same. Amen. When he's got to go and meet up with the guy to get that next hit, he's going to think about it. Amen. When she thinks about the life, amen, that when she wants to live, she's going to say, amen, there was something that happened in that, in, in that service. There was, amen, some people in that house that showed me some love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. Uh, and I know that there is a God in heaven. There's got to be a Jesus in heaven. Amen. And they're going to start surrendering their lives to him. And I don't wor- have to worry about cleaning up people's lives. I could stand up here. I could do it. Let me just use this one. It's closer. I could stand up here this morning and call everyone and beat you over the head with the Bible and tell you how sorry and no down and good good for nothing you are. And how you're, you're not meeting this and how you're not doing this and how, I mean, you need to get this in your life. I mean, I could do that. And you know what I'd do? I'd run you right out the door down to another church. Or... I can show you the love of Christ. I got to come back up to this one. I can so show you the love of Christ in my life and what he has done for me and how wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked I was. And I can preach and teach you this word. And you can get it down in your heart. And I ain't got to worry about what the Holy Spirit wants to do to clean up your life. Because he's going to let you know when there is something in your life that needs to be cleaned up, he's going to give you a clear message. Amen. God has called us, just like he called his disciples, to be fishers of men and women and boys and girls. You know what I'm saying. He has called us to be fishers of men. He did not call me to be a cleaner of men. We catch them, God cleans them. Come on.
We go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. We go out into the fields that are white and ready into the harvest, and we go out and begin to gather the harvest in, and we bring them into the presence of Jesus Christ, and we show them that there is one way, that there is one truth, and that that there is one life, uh, and that there is no other way, amen, that they're going to get to heaven and make it right with God, and we let the Holy Spirit then begin to do the cleaning. Because if I do it, my fillet knife skills in the spiritual realm are not good enough, and neither are yours. Because we're going to end up cutting somebody the wrong way. Probably not. We're going to cut somebody the wrong way, and we're going to do more damage to their life than we ever did good. Jesus says, come as you are, Matthew, and follow me. Here's what we're to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're to simply demonstrate the love of Christ by loving people wherever they are. Because Christ demonstrated his love for us. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me break that down for you. When you were that person that you're looking at that we call a sinner God loved you so much that in the middle of your mess in the middle of your sin in the middle of your filth that stunk in his nostrils he still loved you so much that he spread his arms out and showed you, I love you this good. And he died on a cross when you were a sinner. And the same thing applies to those that are out there today. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't look down our noses at somebody else because we were once in their shoes. I don't care what sin you committed or did not commit. We were all sinners. On our way to a devil's hell. And Jesus redeemed us by his blood. God forbid, I'm going to say this one more time. I don't know why. God just keeps, he keeps taking me back to this, and I'm going to move on. God forbid that we ever become so self-righteous that we think we are in the place of God and we can start cleaning people's lives up without letting the Holy Spirit lead God and direct us to lead God and direct them and where to go and what to do and how to do it. God forbid that we forget, amen, who he is and what he has done for us. And may we, amen, here's the thing. If those people, I don't know who I'm talking to. I I preach a lot to people that aren't even in the church building. I don't know why I do that, but I guess I do. It's all right. Yeah, maybe they're driving by out there like we talked about last week. Maybe they're listening. I don't know. Maybe they'll hear the podcast later. May we keep this in mind. If those people that are so judgmental and condemning and condescending and hurtful, they're trying to beat people over the head 
is to show them the love of Christ. If they would recognize and know, if we would just start being a little bit more like Jesus and a little bit less like a self-righteous Pharisee, we go a lot further in the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, man, I'm going to just tell you like this. It is our job as the body of Christ, as the church of the living God, to so represent Christ on earth that when your light begins to shine out there in a dark world that is in sin, they see your good works which glorifies your Father which is in heaven. How do we do that? I believe one of the greatest ways we do that is love and acceptance and help. Come as you are. i got to move on. Come as you are. Amen. But we're not going to leave. Amen. The same way we came. Our decision to follow Christ is just the beginning. And theirs is too. We don't invite people just to come so that they can stay and stay uh, the same way, excuse me, so they can stay the same way that they came. Let me say that again. I twisted it up. We don't invite people just to come as they are, amen, but to, they can, and just to stay the same way that they came in. But when they have a true encounter with Jesus Christ, their lives are going to change. Come as you are, but our message is going to be, brother, sister, you're going to leave, amen, better than you came, amen, because we're so passionate uh, in this church uh, about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known that you're not going to be able to help, amen, but get a little bit of fire down inside of your life that's rubbed off from somebody else, and you're going to have the same passion and the same heart that we do, that we are going after God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strength, with all of our bodies with everything that we have we're going after you Jesus as I told you a few weeks ago amen the message I used to say is may the dust of the rabbi amen be upon you in other words uh, amen may the teachings may the commandment may, may the lifestyle may the the person of who the rabbi is get so ingrained in who we are that when we come into contact with people they can't help but see there's something different about our lives and when we bump into them, a little bit of that dust rubs off on them. Amen. We are not called. Dad and I talked about this over the kitchen table this morning. You and I are not called to just make believers. He didn't say go into all the world and make believers. He said go into all the world and make disciples. People who will follow Jesus, who get a little dust of the rabbi on their own lives, who will be so on fire for him that now they start going out and they start making disciples. God set up this, Jesus set up this whole thing from the very beginning. He said, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Jesus set it up. You can call whatever kind of system you want to call it. But it's a multiplication system. Amen. When you start inviting somebody and you start witnessing to somebody and you start telling somebody about Jesus, the next thing you know, amen, they're going to church. And they may not come here. They may go somewhere else. That's fine. And next thing they know, they get on fire for God and they go start reaching people. Now, if you reach five people and those five people all reach five people, you understand how this multiplication thing is working? 
Thank you. But it did that really fast. Good job. Amen. He's called us, amen, to call people out of darkness into the light of Jesus Christ. And he says this, come as you are, but don't leave the same way that you come. And I'm going to preach this hard from the other direction for just a moment. Y'all bear with me. Too many churches today. Too many pastors today are so afraid to mention the word sin or the word repentance or the word hell or the word Satan or the devil from behind the pulpit because they're afraid that people aren't going to like the message and they're not going to pay their tithes that week and they're going to take it somewhere else down the road that's going to preach them a gospel that they want to hear. That is what we cannot do. So when I say come as you are, it is not a period at the end of that because there are a lot of churches that are just saying come as you are. And that's it. Just come. And we, if we do that, ladies and gentlemen, we become nothing more than a social club and a gathering together of people who are lost and dying and on their way to hell. Because I can guarantee you that if they got that attitude and all that's going on, presence of the Lord is probably not present in the way that it should be because I don't think you can preach that gospel without dad correct me if I'm wrong you preached a lot longer than I have you can't preach that gospel without preaching sin and repentance and hell and deliverance and redemption and our job ladies and gentlemen and your job when we say come as you are, they're going to come in this place. And we're going to wrap our arms of love around them. And we're going to show them the love of Christ like they have never seen it before. They are going to encounter a love that they have never seen in their life. Dads that walked out of the house on them when they were children. Moms that abandoned them. Family members that have nothing to do with them. That's what they think love is relationships that have been broken, marriages that have been destroyed, I mean, family relationships with their children that are no longer, that's what they think love is. They've never seen true love. Like they're going to see it when they walk in this church. Because we're going to wrap arms around and love them and say, brother, sister, amen, have we got something great for you. Amen. And you're going to want to lay all that other stuff down. And we can show you right where to lay it down at. At the foot of the cross. At the altar, at Jesus' feet. You're going to lay it down. You give, it to, give your life to him. Surrender completely and totally to him. And a love and an acceptance is going to flood into your life like you have never seen before. And you and I, brothers and sisters, are going to be the catalyst to make it happen. Because Jesus is building a wall. And he's building a spiritual house. And he's putting in some living stones into that building. And he's starting to build up a, a holy priesthood that is going to offer some spiritual sacrifices unto God. That you and I, amen, are going to find our place in the wall. We're going to find our place in the building. We're going to find our place in the kingdom of God. And he's going to begin to change some things, not only in our own lives, but we're going to start to see some things change all around us. And when people walk through those doors or when we meet them in Walmart or when we meet them on, on, on the job or whatever the case may be, 
The love of God that is in us is going to draw them to the cross. And you and I are going to be right there with them. I'm going to have some brothers and sisters that are right behind them in the altar. Not beating them over the back and beating them over the head, but loving them to Christ. Saying, if God can call Matthew, if God can call Peter, if God can call John, if God can call Tony Shackle Jr., he's calling you. And he's saying, come as you are. But brother, you ain't going to leave the same way that you came. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. I got more, but I'm going to stop there. I want you to think about this just for a minute. I'm going to give you some examples just real quick of how God changed some people's lives in the Gospels. Remember the woman caught in adultery? The men, the Pharisees, the religious leaders brought her out. And so they decided they tempt Jesus in this moment. And they bring this woman to Jesus and they say, Look, we found this woman. We caught her red-handed in adultery. You know what Moses' law says? She's to be stoned to death. What do you say, Jesus? Jesus looks at some Pharisees. They all got rocks in their hand. They're expecting, okay, Jesus, if you're going to follow the law, if you're going to follow the law of Moses, why don't you pick one of them stones up with us, Jesus? Because you know what the law says. The Bible says Jesus knelt down on the ground and he began to write something in the sand. The Bible doesn't tell us what that is. When he got done, he stood up. He looked at all the Pharisees that had the stones in their hand, and he said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I don't know what he wrote on the ground, but it was good. That was a good message right there. Because from the youngest to the oldest, Every single one of them looked at that stone and they threw it on the ground. He looked at the woman and he said, Woman, where are your accusers? She said, Sir, I have none. He looked at her and this is when he said, You come as you are, but leave better than you came. He looked at her and he said, Go and sin no more. He didn't just call her out of that moment. He said, now it's time to change your life. Remember a, a young man, uh, I don't know if he was a young man, but I wouldn't call him a young man. I'm getting old, so I can call all kind of people young men now that are younger than me. Remember the old story of Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, however you want to pronounce it? We used to, yeah, the little, the little guy that climbed up in the tree. <laughs> we teach that one in Sunday school class. We got the little song we sing, right? Some of you are humming it in your head right now. Here's this man who heard something about this man. He knows he's coming to town, and he's a little he's short of stature. Nice way to say he's really short. So he climbs up in a sycamore tree, the Bible says, so that he could see Jesus passing by. And Jesus passing by doesn't leave him in that moment. Amen. He looks at Zacchaeus, and he said, Man, what in the world are you doing up in that tree? Come on down. He said, Come to me. But the Bible says Zacchaeus didn't stay the same way that he was. 
He said, man, come, Jesus, come on to the house. Amen. We got dinner ready. I mean, I'm gonna get, we're going to have a meal. Amen. Jesus is sitting down with all these people and they're having the meal. And, and Zacchaeus is like, man, if I've done somebody wrong, if there's something in my life, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to transform my life. I'm going to let Jesus, let you change my heart and my life. There was something that happened in his heart in that moment. He didn't leave that encounter the same way that he met Jesus that day. I could keep going. How about Paul, who was Saul on the road to Damascus? That man was never the same after that encounter with Jesus. Let me ask you this question. Remember the thief on the cross? Condemned, rightly condemned for what he did wrong. Hanging beside Jesus on the cross. And it was ridicule and there were things that happened at the beginning. But finally, one of the thieves on one side said, man, this guy's got to be, he's the son of God. I mean, I've just seen him do it. He's going through all this stuff and he's saying all these things. And, and Jesus, in that, looking at that man, I mean, he looks over, the thief says, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. That man had an encounter with Jesus who was rightly condemned, hanging on a cross, dying for his sins like he should have. He was rightfully pun being punished for. And Jesus said, brother, come as you are. He didn't dunk him in water. He didn't have none. He didn't, he, have to he didn't have to read how to follow the rabbi for dummies. He didn't have to memorize a hundred portions of scripture. Jesus just said, I love you right where you're at. Come as you are and follow me. I said, what are you talking about? How is he going to follow Jesus? Straight to glory. Jesus said, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. Jesus changed that man's life. And he can do the same for yours this morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe I'm speaking to somebody in the house of God this morning. Holy Spirit, walk the aisles of this church. Flood the atmosphere in this place. Speak to hearts and lives. I feel like in this house this morning that there is somebody here. God is dealing with your heart. Maybe you're not where you should be at with God right now. Maybe your relationship with Him is not as strong as it should be. Maybe you've let some things slip. Maybe you've let that fire and that passion that was once there in your heart for serving Jesus die out. Jesus is simply saying this morning, come as you are and leave better than you came. He's reaching his arms out to us this morning. And he's simply saying,
brother, sister, child of God, creation of Almighty God, I love you. I loved you so much that while you were yet in your sins, I died for you. And you're not promised tomorrow, and you're not promised next week, and you're not promised next Sunday morning. Today is the day of salvation, and today is the day of redemption, and today is the day to let Jesus Christ invade your life in a way that he's never invaded your life before. I need some prayer warriors in the house of God that will begin right where you're at just to begin to pray. Sir, ma'am, I don't know who you are, but Jesus does this morning, and he's not letting me let this go. Jesus is in the house this morning. He's in the midst because he wants to change somebody's life. You feel like you're unworthy? Join the crowd. You feel like you're not good enough? Come stand by me. You feel like you don't know how to make all this work? Guess what? We're all figuring it out too. simply going to ask right now if you're here in the house of God this morning and you know where you need to be at with Jesus Christ and you're not there would you meet me down here at this altar would you let me help you pray wrap my arms of love around you and love the bring the arms of Jesus Christ amen to your life amen to invade your heart amen in life today and change you